skate. All right, welcome back to the morning skate. We have a special guest today. He's from Burnaby, British Columbia. He's a two-time Calder Cup champion and world junior champion. He was drafted fifth overall in the 2007 NHL draft by the Washington Capitals and played nine season, nine years in D.C., accumulating 686 games played. It's been a pleasure watching his whole career as a Caps fan. Welcome to the morning skate, Carl Osner. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you? It's awesome. <laughs> Got done with the school day. Been, been, been waiting for this uh, chance to interview for a while, so it's great to have you on. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. It's fun. I've, I've been enjoying doing uh, a lot of podcast stuff lately, so it's it's fun to, I guess, take the the opportunity to talk a little bit more candidly than you would typically with uh, interviews and, and TV and stuff like that. So I've really uh, taken a liking to podcasting. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll touch on that later in the interview, but it's pretty cool that seeing how past hockey guys getting back into the uh, podcasting game, talking about the sport they love and just following uh, teams that they played for and whatnot, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like uh, <clears throat> like players are, are a lot more willing to uh, to chat, you know, on on something like this. That seems a little bit more mm -hmm. informal, right? So it's easy to to ask someone to come on somewhere and talk for you know fifteen minutes, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is, right? The uh, I think the the the, the Chicklets guys have kind of you know, really paved way for a lot of people to, mm -hmm. uh, to get some inside info on a lot of, um, people in the hockey world. And, uh, yeah, it's, it seems to yeah, made, made things just a little bit easier now. It's always good about talking about things you like to talk about, especially like a sport like hockey. Um, for, so for your career, um, what age did you get into hockey and did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, yeah, well, I think I was, I was like a lot of, uh, like a lot of kids that that really love hockey at a young age four years old is when i first started uh playing um you know I, I can still remember the first time i was on the ice like with full gear and all that stuff uh i remember the kid mark santorelli uh played a little bit in the in the american league and, and over in europe and then his brother mike played uh played a little bit in the league with nashville and stuff so i still remember seeing mark out there going you know, end to end, stopping, spraying snow everywhere, and and I was standing there crying with my my hand uh, covered, my arm covering my eyes as much as possible. So it's funny that was my my intro into hockey, which is exactly the same way my six year old uh, started playing too, being out there crying, covering his face. So hopefully it works out the same as it did for me. Um, but but I was I was uh, I I was and I still am very much. Uh, into playing everything do doing whatever you can whatever whatever your interest is and, and even sometimes what you're what you're not all that interested in just to give it a chance right so i played um i played lacrosse i played soccer i played tons of basketball baseball was probably the sport that i was best at um but ended up having to make my decision baseball over hockey just because of the position that I played. Um, I didn't, I was the catcher playing baseball and I just didn't like it. I know a lot of people love catcher, but I just wanted to play third base. And so when it came down to, to choosing sports, um, that was the, uh, hockey was the direction I went. I played rugby that lasted one game because I broke my finger, showed up at practice, hockey practice that night with uh, my finger in a splint and my coach that made me choose between rugby and hockey as well. So, I played them all, and I, I think that's a, a good way to do it um, because then you're not you're just you're not just a one sport athlete. You know, you you kind of you can take bits and pieces from everything. Like I think soccer is a great example. You get you get great um, coordination. I think you, you become a little bit lighter on your feet, um, quicker. Uh, baseball, obviously, great hand eye. I think lacrosse is the exact same for that. So uh, there's there's bits and pieces that you can take from all sports. So. Um, I tried to be as versatile as possible, and I, I try and preach that as well whenever anyone asks me now. Which is always good to have, especially you guys said you got some young'uns coming up, and I'm sure that you're going to have them play. You got them running all over the place playing as many sports as they can, I'm sure, to see what they like and don't like. Absolutely. I push golf really, really hard because <laughs> <laughs> I think then I can play more golf, so we're, we're working Perfect on that. excuse. Absolutely. I, I try and drag them out there whenever I can. Um but yeah, right now, like my, my son, the six-year-old, he, he loves pretty much everything, but he likes to do everything informally. You know, he doesn't, doesn't necessarily want to be on a team, but he wants to mess around, you know, in the basement or in the yard and, 
and do that, which is fine. My daughter, she's older. Um, she's more artsy than sporty, but she's taken a liking to baseball, which is fun. And then my little guy, he's, he wants to play everything and do everything. He's only three though. So he can't really be signed up for anything besides T-ball. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, I'm, I, the only one that I'll push on them is golf. The rest of them, they can choose. <laughs> That's awesome. Love that. Um, so when, when you obviously you decided on hockey, what, um, as your sport of choice, what was, what were some people that you looked up to and tried to emulate your game after when you were uh, watching uh, hockey growing up? Well, so I, I grew up in Vancouver, so I was a, I was a Canucks fan. I was also a Leafs fan. Um, and so I'd say when I was younger, I really loved Doug Gilmore. Uh, I, I thought his game was awesome to watch. Uh, he was, you know, the killer. He was just, just, a, just a really exciting player. Um, and then when I started to get more into a defenseman role, um, I liked someone like Dave Babich, who maybe people won't know, but for number 44, big mustache for the Canucks, um, just kind of a, just a solid defenseman. You know, I thought that, that the game was, was exciting to watch because it was, it, because it was simple and, you know, I, I like to call it flawless, you know, because it, it wasn't glaring there were any glaring issues. It was just play the game smart, play the game hard. And then when I got a little bit older, um, I, you know, I think the two main ones for, for most people, my age are Nick Lidstrom and Scott Niedermeyer and different players. Um, I love Niedermeyer because it was so far from how I played the game uh, as a defenseman that I thought it was really, really cool. You know, he loved to love to mix it up in the offensive zone, just an effortless skater um, from British Columbia as well. So that's kind of why, why I chose number 27 and then Nick Lidstrom because uh, a different type of, there you go. I lost you there. Yeah, you're good. I got you back. All right. Sorry. A little internet no uh, weather, we got bad weather here right now. Are you in, yes. are you in the DC area? Um, no, I'm actually in Arizona. I live in Arizona. Oh yeah. You said, Oh, for, I'm sorry. I forgot yeah. that. I've, uh, I've, I've, my, my dad's side is, uh, is in Virginia. Gotcha. Yeah. We've been getting absolutely pounded today with rain. If we were like um, in, in Celsius, if we were five degrees colder, we'd be, we'd be having a great snowstorm right now. Yeah. I was just in Buffalo the other day and uh, the, I was hoping the flight didn't get late. Luckily it didn't, but we were getting some snow in Buffalo before I flew back to Arizona. Oh, really? Actually, that was probably part of the, um, part of that hurricane, right? That was coming through and then turned cold and, and ended up yeah, getting, so. uh, yeah. Cause we were in Florida for, for when that was happening and we thought we oh, were going to get stuck there too, but <laughs> well, it was my first tropical storm. It was interesting. Yeah. Just cross that off the bucket list and get out of there and <laughs> try not to experience that again. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, it was, we were lucky that it wasn't so, wasn't so bad. It was more just interesting to look at. <laughs> Um, so, you, so that was uh, those main guys that you emulated off your game after. Um, is there like one specific thing from them that you like just watching back in your career, like you noticed that you did more from those guys that you played with or not played um, with, uh, emulated your game after? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I always was impressed with, with how players were willing to block shots. <laughs> you know, that might sound, mm. might sound a little silly, but. You know, it, it takes, um, sorry, my, my daughter wants to, wants to say hi really quick. Okay. Yeah. Say hi. There you go. All right. <laughs> I told her she had to bring down the hot glue gun. She's been doing a lot of art lately. So I'm That's making awesome. sure she's that. Okay. You can go ahead now. Okay. I love you still. <laughs> Good night. Sorry about that. Um, no worries. I'm a teacher. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's been big into art and actually she brought home a bunch of seashells from uh, Florida. And so she That's was awesome. making a, a little, uh, a pot for her teacher. So anyways, um, yeah. So I, I was always impressed by, um, by, by players that were willing to sacrifice and block shots. I thought that was really cool, especially as like a, a younger kid, you, um, you see someone getting hit with a puck that's coming super hard. You're kind of like, Whoa, that guy's nuts. Like why the heck would he do that? Right. And so I always thought that that would be something I'd like to do. Um, I, I think the thing I was most impressed by, uh, was, you know, when I got to really pay close attention to Nick Lidstrom and see his positioning, you know, everyone always kept saying that he's always in the right spot. You know, he's, he's just so smooth in the D zone and, you know, trying to figure out exactly, exactly what they meant by that. You know, what, what does it mean to always be in the right spot? And, um, I, I started to notice, you know, especially when you 
understand the system that your team has in place and and where you're supposed to be on the ice that you could you could just you could be in the right spot and then the player that you were guarding would never get the puck you know and then you didn't even really have to play one-on-one it was just right. it was just put yourself there it's like you know if you if you watch football you know a, a good a good corner someone who's on the receiver you know the they the quarterback just doesn't throw the ball there because they're in the right spot. So I kind of wanted to do that as a defenseman and, and make sure that they, they didn't have the opportunity to touch the puck. And, and so that's kind of what I took from, from what Nick Lidstrom did. And then when they, when they did get the puck, you know, obviously great stick, that's what, one of the things he was really known for. So, so those were some of the pieces I like to take. I mean, I, the way I played the game, I couldn't really take anything from Scott Niermeyer. So I just kind of enjoyed watching <laughs> and, uh, and watch some of the other, uh, good offensive players do their thing uh, in the league as I was coming up to. Well, I mean, obviously it worked for how long of a career you had in the NHL. So you must've did something right. Copying some of the greats. <laughs> you know what? I always joked that it was like, I almost felt like I was like sneaking through year by year, just like doing things that were so simple. And it's like, why doesn't everybody just do these things? Cause <laughs> you know, it's, it, it is just that simple. Um, and then you're like, you know, somebody going to figure it out that all I'm doing is, being in the right spot with a good stick and playing hard blocking shots. But, you know, I, I, I got away with it for, for 12 years. So it was, I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. We'll take it. Right. <laughs> I know I appreciate it as a Cavs fan watching you. So there were yeah, think, many times uh, hearing your name in, in, a, in a negative sense. And, and at least when I was watching. Yeah. Well, and that's it, right? Like just wanted to, to play, play the game simple and, you know, the, the type of game that I played, it's the, the, the least amount of times that your name gets said is, is better. Right. Like I, I didn't need to ever, you know, unless I was on the score sheet, I didn't need to ever have anyone know that I was in the game. Right. I wanted, I wanted people to, you know, the next day be like, you know, Oh, Sidney Crosby didn't get any points last night, you know, or Claude Jury was held off the score sheet. You know, that, that means that I probably had a decent game. Right. So that was, exactly. so, so a good game for me was them talking about the other team's best players, not doing something. So it was, you know, it was a, it was an interesting way to play it, um, you know, and, and the people, you know, that, that understand that style of game uh, really appreciate it. And that was cool. That's awesome. So um, started like back to the beginning of your career, when, it, when you got your first like big contract where you're like, wow, I made it. Was there anything like special you treated yourself to like <laughs> when you got that contract? Well, we had, so our team was funny. We had, we had a lot of, <laughs> like shitheads on our team you know that's a good way to put it like guys that just like to chirp you for anything and everything it was i mean i would have loved to have seen what other teams were like and um just hear the some of the stuff that was said but we had you were getting chirped about everything and so one of the things that was uh that was important was to get a nice suit right i had a i got a nice suit for my draft year um that i ended up actually blowing the 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 pants out completely because i had i had two dog toys in my pocket um after one of my first games i was called up for and i went to go pick up the dog and just completely uh like spider webbed the back of the pants and so i had a nice suit and and so i wanted to you know get another another one of those so i remember going to the mall with some of the other call-ups and you know they were all looking at these hugo boss things and they were you know, like seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, and I'm just like, it's like I'm not sure that I'm ready for that yet. And so, my first big purchase, believe it or not, was a keychain from a jewelry store called David Yerman. It was, I think, two hundred and thirty bucks or three hundred dollars for a keychain. And I'm like, you know what? This this seems like a good price. Like, let's let's do that. And looking back on it, it's like, who the heck spends two hundred and thirty or three hundred dollars on a keychain? Nobody. No one's smart, at least. And, and I, I still have it, but it was like my big purchase, like, wow, I can, I can do this now. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's what I did. Um, I eventually did get some suits. Um, it ended up being a thing like, you know, you didn't want to come to the rink and someone be like, oh, why are you wearing that horse blanket today? Um, so I had to make sure that it was, it was a nice suit. Um, and, and so that would probably be when I did actually start spending any money. It was, it was mainly on dress clothes. That's awesome. That's cool that you still have it too. A little, uh, little like thing based on your career. Like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember that's I got a good story behind it. I bought a keychain. Yeah, exactly. I blew the pants out of my suit. Exactly. It was my memento. Yeah. I well, and funny when I did eventually buy my first like really nice suit. 
I still have it. Like I, I still, I still wear it whenever there's something special going on. And so that, that's the same thing. Like I try and take care of my, my big purchases. I try and take care of and So, um, the, yeah, that, that suit still in my closet, still in the rotation. I'd say it's, I'd say it's one A or one B. So, uh, so yeah, I, I try and bring it out whenever I can. That's awesome. Um, so you had a pretty long, uh, NHL career. Now I know it says on your Instagram officially, not retired so it doors still open is that correct <laughs> the door, i mean honestly it's i just i feel like it's um it's been too long where i can even come out and say that i'm officially retired right because it's like right. i mean it's pretty obvious that that i'm not going to be coming back to play um you know i am only 34 i don't have any lingering in injuries um could i come back and play yeah maybe but I, it would take me quite a while to get into a game shape but I just don't, I don't really have the desire to come back and play right now. You know, I, I, after COVID and spending whatever it was like nine, eight or nine months straight at home, I was just kind of, you know, I was just happy. I just didn't, I didn't have to worry about prepping for anything. I could enjoy all the holidays. And, and after that, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Like I, I thought about it for, for a sec um, when Joel Ward actually, when he was the assistant coach there and um, well, still is for Henderson uh silver nights and he asked me if i'd come back and play and i was kind of like uh, you know if wardo's my coach maybe um so i i actually i was close but I, we had just moved back to dc at the time so i i was you know i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna start the next phase of my year so let's not do it so yeah i'm i'm offici- unofficially officially retired i guess you could say <laughs> Gotcha. Well, my question on top of that was, what, what what is one of your proudest accomplishments as a hockey player? Could be NHL, could be AHL, high school, juniors, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think I'm I'm most proud of uh, you know some of the longevity I I had playing the game. You know, being able to to play as many games as I did, even though you know a thousand is always the goal. I think for most players, um, and I didn't get there, but the fact that I was able to play whatever it ended up being just over 600 straight games that yeah, I'm pretty proud about that. Um, I've always wanted to, to battle as hard as possible and, and be in the lineup all the time. So that was important to me. Um, and then uh, I, you know, when winning is always <laughs> great. <laughs> so winning, even though it was just, it was Calder cups and it wasn't Stanley cups, winning two of those was amazing. Winning two world juniors, um, is something that I will remember absolutely forever. And you know, I still get lots of questions about that quite often. So, you know, those, those four wins um, are, will probably be right up there with, you know, being able to play as many games as I ended up playing. That's awesome. And funny enough, my next question was, so you spent your, uh, most of your career as a capital and you hardly missed the game. So you had 622 consecutive games played from 2010 and 2018, which is, 13th on the all-time list. Now, um, doing something that much without missing a day is impressive on its own, let alone you did it in the NHL. So was there a time during that stretch where you like were injured and you battled through it? Because you had to have been at least somewhat nicked up during that stretch. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. There's, there's tons. Um, I was lucky that a lot of them were, um, yeah, they were injuries, but they weren't ones that you just that you couldn't play through. You know, my injuries were <clears throat> were pain tolerance injuries, so you know, I didn't ever have to deal with a um, like a, a broken leg, you know, or a broken arm, right? Where you just you shouldn't play through anything like that, or probably can't play through anything like that. They were they were broken hands, broken fingers, you know, strained obliques, um, you know, pulled muscles, things like that. Um, so those things are, are more or less just pain tolerance. And so, um, you know, we had, I remember one time in particular, um, I blocked a shot, um, named David Darnay took a slapper, hit me in the hand, uh, broke my thumb, pretty, pretty good break. And then we played a day or two later in, uh, in Winnipeg. And because I didn't have, you know, much movement with my, like didn't really have much strength with my, my top hand, I have to shoot and pass a little bit more with my bottom hand, which is not something that I'm really used to. And I remember trying to whip a puck up, um, like a kind of a stretch pass 
And then that's when, you know, I, I strained like little micro tears in my oblique. And I'm just like, you know, like, what are the chances that, you know, two days back to back, this happens. And so I went through a stretch of probably, you know, a week, week and a half there where I was, you know, every game was, was pretty challenging to get through. Um, but eventually you, you, you see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and, and then you're able to kind of push, push through at, at that point. So I'd say that I, I had some moments, but you know, nothing crazy. I honestly, the ones that are the hardest are the times when you're sick. You know, when you have yeah. the flu, like those are the ones that suck. Like we played, where we, I had one time where I woke up in the middle of the night in Chicago and I was puking. I felt terrible. I slept maybe 30 minutes all night. And, you know, most of the time you'd be like, you know what, it's okay. I'll sleep all day, you know, and, and I'll feel good by game time. That, that game was an 11 a.m. start for some reason that next day, you know? So it's like, I didn't even have time to, to build towards the game. It was just right there as soon as you wake up. So. I'd say those were the harder, the harder ones, but, but it's, it's so common that, that guys have things like that. It's just whether or not they are allowed to play through it or want to play through it. Um, and I was lucky that I was allowed to play through a lot of that stuff. Well, that's an awesome accomplishment. And now like on top of that too, do you think like by you, you not missing any games during that stretch, that, that, that you think that motivated your teammates at all or like, someone had a lingering injury and they're like, well, Carl's, Carl's not, or he's not sitting out. So I'm going to play kind of, kind of vibes in the locker room like that. I'm not sure if it was, if that went through anybody's head. Um, no one ever really said anything, but you know, it, it definitely went through my head where if, if I saw somebody with a, with a, a, you know, a pulled, pulled hip flexor or whatever, and they, and they were playing, it was like, you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I remember, I remember Brooks like had a uh, uh, second degree MCL sprain or something like that. And he had played a bunch of games in a row at the time. And, uh, and he had a brace on and he was out there just testing it out. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? Like, obviously he can't skate, like it's not going to work. And sure enough, he, he played in the game and everything seemed to be okay. And I'm just like, like, okay. Like if, if Brooks is going to play through uh, this MCL sprain, then, you know, like I got to play through some stuff too. Cause that's just, that's the level, right. That was the bar that was set. And so, you know, I, I, the thing that was unfortunate for, for me and injuries is my big ones that I did get happened in the playoffs, you know, and that's like, <clears throat> I would have rather missed all the, all the regular season games for them not to happen when they did happen. And they happened the two years when we had probably the two best teams that we had while I was in DC. And so, you know, it, it was just unfortunate timing. Um, and, uh, and, and that does happen too. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of, proud of how it went, not proud of how it ended a uh, healthy scratch, but that is how a lot of these things end. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still a, a pretty good run. Well, like I said, that's a great, great accomplishment. Uh, most people can't get to get to their jobs for that long and let alone you did in the <laughs> NHL. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's um, more fun. It's more fun in the NHL than the regular. Yeah, job. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to your career too. Um, you ever will play in a couple of Winter Classic games. Um, mm. Which venue had the best experience? And on top of that, I think you were the probably the, I think you were the first person to wear sunglasses <laughs> under your visor during the game, which was all time look. I don't think anybody has emulated it since, but I was. It was all time picture when I think of you that picture is at the top of the list of uh, pictures of you. That's funny. And you know, actually, you know what one person has, and it was, it was Grubauer. Um, so he, I think he did it uh, the last, whatever last game they played Tahoe. Did they play? Oh Tahoe? yeah. 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 I think, I think uh, Gruby Gruby did it after that. So it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had to, I couldn't see anything and that eye black doesn't work. The tinted visors don't work. And, uh, and so I, I I had to, I had to do something if I wanted to see what was going on on the ice. So that was, that was that. Um, <clears throat> so the games I played, I played in Pittsburgh at Heinz field. It was rainy, um, but it was the first one that I played in and it was uh, the first year HBO followed a team. Um, so that was really cool and really memorable. Um, and that was the one that Steckel, when Steckel hit Crosby. So also, you know, a, a pretty memorable game for a lot of people, but not in a good way. Um, then the next one was at home against Chicago. And that one was really, really fun. Came down to the wire power play goal, I think to, to seal it um, in the end. 
and then I played one with Montreal against Ottawa and we just got roasted. Um, we were bad that year. So it was not a very fun experience. So I would say that the best one was, was the one in Washington all around because we won the game. It was a cool venue. It was at home, had tons of friends and family there. So I'd say, I'd say the, the one in DC was, was the best one. Weather was warm, but it was sunny. It wasn't rainy. So, so yeah, I'd say that was pretty good. I'll say my two cousins that got me into uh, being a Caps fan, uh, Jr. and Andrew, they were at the Pittsburgh game, and they said it was it was it was miserable weather at the beginning, but you guys ended up winning, so that made everything worth it at the end. Sitting and with all the Pittsburgh fans in the in Heinz Field, absolutely, and it was delayed too. I think they they pushed the game back and everything, so yeah, it was it was pretty miserable for everybody involved. But but yeah, when you when you win, you forget about some of the bad stuff. Exactly. So you obviously you spent most of your years at DC and um, it ended in your last season where you went to Montreal. Was that like a bittersweet moment for you? And what was one thing about DC that you knew you were going to miss most about going to Montreal? Oh man. I, yeah, it was, I don't even know that it was bittersweet. I think it was more like bitter, bitter, <laughs> I know bitter yeah. medium maybe. <laughs> um, because yeah, I mean, we, we didn't want to leave DC at all. We, we knew that, that it was home. Um, we loved all the people that were part of the organization. Um, tons of friends we made, <clears throat> we made outside of the team as well. So it was, it was hard. Like, you know, when we went in to say bye and I'm saying bye to the community relations team and, mm-hmm. and the lady who, who runs the front desk at the practice rink. And I'm just like tearing up and I'm like, Holy smokes. Like, you know, I think that's when you start to really realize how important all these people are is when you actually have to say bye and mm-hmm. realizing just how much we loved everything about the organization that was that was extremely challenging so um so yeah it was it was nice to to have a you know a, a five-year contract and all that but mm-hmm. but was it was it worth leaving the the place that you you know knew everything about definitely not and i think everybody knows now that i that i wasn't definitely wasn't uh what the plan was. So it, it kind of just ended up happening. So, you know, go back and, and do it differently. I would love to, I'd love to try to do it differently, but you know, either way, I don't think it was possible, but what, what was nice was seeing you know, the team, you know, even though I wasn't a part of it, see them finally get over the hump of the second round mm-hmm. and, and take everything home. Like that was, oh, if anybody were to be able to relate, you know, it was, it was me and, and yeah. you know, Marcus Johansson and Jason mm-hmm. Chimera and, all these guys that that have been through that grind um, for so many years and weren't able to do it and to finally see it like I even just making it past the second round was a massive accomplishment mm-hmm. <laughs> and and how happy um, it was to see how happy the guys were on the ice. I say as a fan, I know how it felt made me feel. I can't even imagine how it made made those guys feel and even like you being a lot closer to uh, the team than I can even imagine. Yeah, well, <clears throat> even Taylor Chorney, right? Like he was there mm-hmm. for a few years, and then, and then I <clears throat> let him go at the deadline, right? Like a deadline deal is even worse than than yeah. as a summer. So, you know, there there was yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot that goes into building the team, right? And it's not <clears throat> not just that team that year, although that is obviously the main the main thing. Um, but yeah, there there's so much that happens in the buildup, and you know, the hardening of of players, uh, you know, m- mental game just to be able to to withstand a grind like that. So, you know, you, you still feel like you're a bit of a part of it, but it happens every year, every year, yeah. someone leaves a team and their team wins. Right. And it was just yeah. our turn that year. Well, I mean, like on top, on top of that relationship you had with those guys, I know before we hopped on, you said you got together with Mike Green and Brayden Holpe. Are those two main guys or like, who are who are some guys from the, your time in DC that you're still close with? Um, well, we had, we had a pretty tight group. We called ourselves the chums. Um, we were a group of guys that came up through Hershey together. Um, <clears throat> that was, that was Matthew Pro, Eric Fair, John Carlson, Jay Beagle, Braden Holpe, and then, uh, and then Tom Wilson joined the chums as an honorary member, uh, when he, when he came to the team. So <clears throat> we were really, really tight while we played. We did, you know, almost everything together. We had all the inside jokes and stuff together. Um, so we spent a ton of time. Um, hanging out, I, I say of that whole group, I talked to uh, the Braden and uh, and Eric Fair the most now. Um, Braden because he moved back here, 
uh, and then Carly's still playing. So, you know, it's, it's tougher with the schedule and all that, but, but I'd say, I'd say those are the guys that I kept most in touch with. And now Mike Green is also back. So um, I had a good, was it, it was, had a good chat with Joel Ward. Uh, I don't even know, maybe five months ago. And he asked me, he's like, Hey, so are you hanging out with all the guys? Like, what do you guys do dinner? Like once a, once a month or what is it? I'm like, honestly, like, no, we, it, the schedule is just nuts. And it's so hard to see everyone. And then he cuts me off. He's like, no, 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 no. Stop right there. He's like, he's like, these are guys that you've just been to war with. And now you're in the same city. It should be standard dinner once a month. You guys got to hang out. Like it's just mandatory. And I laughed and I'm like, you know what? You're, you're kind of right. You know, like you're, you, you should get together and, and uh, just be able to like relive some of those moments or, or just continue to keep the bond going. But you know, it's part of the hockey world too, right? Guys, you, you grow apart. You, you still have a connection when you, when you see each other, but, but, but yeah, everybody goes their, their separate ways and, and they, and they stay busy with different things. So um, now that, that Mike isn't playing, Braden isn't playing and we, we all have a little bit of extra time on our hands. I think it's important that we continue to, to you know, stay in touch and and help each other out whichever way we can, and and you know, said relive some of the moments. Yeah, make a couple of golf trips here and there. I'm sure that that won't hurt either. Yes, that that would be nice. So we haven't gotten around to that yet, but uh, eventually we'll get there. We we all got young kids, so it it is hard to yeah. to sneak away for a golf trip, but we'll uh we'll we'll find time to do something. I'm sure. Well, if you ever do have time and can make it out here for the waste management, it's a it's a trip. So mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure you've had people tell you about it, but it's a it's a spectacle more the ways than one. Absolutely. You're right. I have heard a lot of people tell me that uh, say, say it's been it's been an awesome experience. We actually played um, is that TV, TBC Scottsdale, right? We played that yeah, course. champions course. Yeah. When we were when we were in town one year, it was a few weeks before the tournament, I think. So the grandstands were up. up, Yeah. Yeah. I think I made par on that, uh, on that par three off the grandstand back (laughs) onto the green. So it was kind of nice that it was set up the way it was, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to, yeah, find a way to get out there. There's lots of things. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to go to Augusta and, and watch the masters. There's just so many things to do, right. It's hard Mm -hmm. to, it's hard to find time to do them all and got a lifetime to, to get it all in. Don't need to do it all in one year. I'll say, I mean, one day with you, you could just go with your kids. That'll be a cool uh, dad moment for you. Well, and perfect excuse know. to make a trip. They, well, yes, absolutely. And they know that they are my ticket to Augusta <laughs> by getting into the, the drive uh, chip and putt. So there you <laughs> we'll go. See. No, no pressure though. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so back to like guys you played with, um, did you have a favorite teammate? I know, um, like when you're rookies, you have like your guy, the guy you stay with in the room on road trips and stuff. Do you, do you have a specific person like that on your teams or <clears throat> teams you played on? So, so when I first started, Jay Beagle was my roommate. Um, we were, we were roomies in, in Hershey um, and then a little bit in Washington. Um, we were in the hotel together uh, one year for, oh man, I, I think it was like 30 days um so we spent a lot of time together um in the american league because we were you know we, we wanted so badly to get out of there and, and get to the nhl that we were doing anything possible like we would we would get to uh we would get to a road cities and we'd drop our bags down and we'd quickly change and we'd start doing like we'd start doing workouts in the room we'd pick up the dresser we'd be doing shrugs with it you push up pyramids, all this stuff. So we had a great time. And then a lot of these American league cities don't have a ton to do. So we'd find the nearest Dick sporting goods. We'd go over there and we'd test out all the clubs. We'd get in the simulator and just find something to do. Right. We were, we were on the same page with a lot of that stuff. Um, so we spent a ton of time together, especially in the early, in the early days. Uh, and then Carly was my roommate for the first little bit in Washington. So so we spent uh, a boatload of time together there. And then obviously we were D partners too. So, so that was kind of a natural fit. Um, and, you know, so like I said, the chums were, were my guys that we spent a lot of time with. Um, we had a, another really good group towards my, the end of my time in Washington where we, and I think this part of the game is kind of lost a little bit now. I'm, I'm sure there's still some teams that have it, but, but we would, we would get to whatever road city it was and we had our spots in, in every, every city, but we would, drop our bags down you'd get like 10 minutes 15 minutes at the hotel and then 
you know, you, we met in the lobby, like nine of us, and we'd go straight to our, our spot, in our, our, our pub or, or beer garden, where it, depending on the city that we were in, and we'd go and have a few beers, and then we'd go for dinner, whoever wanted to go for dinner, and if they didn't, they'd go back and order room service, and uh, and then we just did that every single time. So, you know, we, we had a couple guest, guest uh, appearances every now and then from some of the guys that weren't as into it as us, but, you know, it just ended up you know, made the road so much fun because we were always looking forward to, to our hangout whenever we got to a city. Um, we got to talk about whatever. It just ended up being a really, really cool thing. And, you know, we, I don't think it happens nearly as much. I don't think guys go on the road to, to drink, you know, to have, no, have definitely made, not. yeah, <laughs> didn't have as many beers as we did. We had Jason Chimera, who was, you know, he was born in the seventies, old school guy. So he was, you know, he, he instilled that in a lot of us. Um, so he was one of the ringleaders. Um, and same thing with Matt Niskanen. So, you know, we had, we had a good crew that would do that. So I, yeah, I don't think they do that. We didn't really do that in Montreal when I was there, which was sad, I thought. Um, but, but yeah, so we ended up having a great, a great group. Uh, if I was naming someone just because of, of what they did for the team, how they were as a person and all that, um, you know, the top three would be probably Nick Backstrom, TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson. Uh, those, those guys just did a little bit of everything, you know, really, really helped the team out in in different ways. Um, and, and very inclusive, which I think is very important on a team, you know, having, having someone that's always thinking about, you know, make, making sure everybody's uh, accounted for, I guess, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh, guys can get forgotten about, you know, even though you're on the same team, you're playing in the NHL, um, you know, guys don't get necessarily get invited out to dinners and, uh, you know, to do something away from the rink or whatever it may be. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're part of the team, but they're not really part of the team. I thought those yeah. guys were, were pretty good at, at getting everybody on the same page. That's awesome that you guys did that. I mean, you, it showed, I mean, just those names alone, those names don't surprise me at all as the guys that were stick in your head of um, being those great teammates on and off the ice. So that's good yeah. to hear that as a fan, that it's the same as you see them on the ice as that's how they are off the ice. Yeah. Well, there, and there's more too. I mean, like Matt Hendricks is another guy. Yeah. He was one of the, yeah. you know, I, I probably should name him in that group as well because, you know, he was, he was different than than those guys um but he he he's what tj is now you know like you know you see tj mm-hmm. you know, getting everybody fired up at the handshakes and and energy and all t- that taps <laughs> yeah and and that that was hendy you know hendy did that with everybody before the game he legit tapped every single person in the room before the game said something to them had a good time made us all laugh and and uh but there just weren't as many cameras around so no one got to exactly, see it as yeah. much right and so, so Hendy was also that guy, but he was, you know, uh, <clears throat> what you'd call a fourth line player. So it doesn't, doesn't necessarily get the attention that someone like, like TJ would or, or Tom would. Right. So it's, it's just different, exactly. but, but Hendy is, you know, all time beauty. Every, anytime you yeah. say that guy's name around to anyone in the league, like they instantly start smiling and laughing because, you know, he's the original wagon. That's what everyone called him. So yeah, he's just a really, really great guy. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. So, uh, as a diehard Caps fan, I have to ask: Is there any good uh, OV stories that you're able to share? I know there's some. I'm sure you can't share, but uh, I've from the crossing of the sauces to the diet or Dr. Pepper on the bench. Any other good ones that uh, you can share? I mean, yeah, yeah. There's tons. Um, let me think. The two that really stick out to me that I can say are um, and. I think it's been documented. I think James Duffy um, put it in his book and, and it was after, I think it was after we talked about it um, where at one point when, um, when uh, Dale Hunter was the coach and he called the, uh, he called Ovi and Semin uh, plumbers because uh, they weren't scoring. They called them plumbers and Ovi didn't understand what a plumber was. And so what, what, what Dale meant by a plumber is, you know, someone who is a grinder. That's, that's what he was saying. Right. He, he told them, he said, dump the puck in. You're a plumber right now. So go out there and plumb. So anyways, he leaves Ovi asked like, what, what does he mean? What is plumber? And so we explained to him that a plumber is, you know, someone that, you know, fixes the toilet, you know, with the, with the plunger and you could see like, Oh, okay. So next day at practice, he shows up 
uh, and he takes a plunger from the bathroom and he tapes it to his stick and he comes out on the ice with it taped to his stick and does the first drill with it on there. And it was, it was so funny because like you have Dale on one hand who is, you know, he wasn't, but by, by no means was he mean, but he was scary. Um, yeah. And so you didn't really want to do that to him. And then you have Ovi who pretty much runs the team on the other hand. So it was kind of like, it's kind of like head to head. Like, who do you, who do you cheer for? Right. It was a, it was a really weird situation. So I thought that was a standout for me. And then another one that was funny is um, we had a rookie party in uh, Fort Lauderdale and, and we, and I don't know, I don't know why it was funny. It was kind of, kind of weird, I guess, but um, Ovi just loves Bud Light. You know, that's his beer of choice. Like everybody's got their beer, right? I like, mm-hmm. I like Coors Lights or Yellow Jackets. He likes Bud Lights. And so we're at the restaurant that we were at and he asked them for some Bud Lights and they said, oh, was, you know, is Miller Light okay or whatever it was? And he kind of did the face like, no, like only Bud Lights. So I can't remember which rookie it was, but he starts right away like, hey, so-and-so uh, go, go to the CVS and get me some Bud Lights. And so it was like in the middle of the guy's rookie party, like go up, get up and go get a, a 12 of, of Bud Light, comes back and Ovi asked for a, um, was it like the champagne bucket that has ice in it and opens up his Bud Lights and puts them in the champagne bucket, like at the restaurant, <laughs> like never seen anything like it before, you know, his own, his own booze brought into the restaurant. So he didn't like it. And it was no, it was it was funny. It was really funny. Um, but at the same time, it's like you just don't do that. But Ovi could get away with a few extra things because, you know, some of those guys can. That's awesome. Um, so if you didn't play in the NHL, what do you think you'd be would would have done instead? Um, it's a hard, hard question. I feel like a professional golfer would have been on top of your list, but if you were doing a normal job like me, what do you think you'd have been doing? Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because at that age, like, you know, if I would have had to make a decision when I was 20, 21, 22, whatever it would be, like, I wasn't that into golf, right? I didn't get my first set of clubs until I find my signed my first uh, pro contract, just because, you know, golf is expensive, as you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to play. So, you know, I, if you ask me now, I would say, yeah, I'd try and be a pro golfer. But, but at that time, it's, I was really into, um, you know, things like physiotherapy. I had a, had a pretty significant back injury actually while I was in Hershey um, before I was with the Caps that, that almost uh, held me out the season that I was first, my first season that I was full time. So I was into things like that. Um, so I always said that maybe some sort of physiotherapist, I used to always say lawyer, probably because that's just what people say. I'm not sure that that is something that I would do, but you know, now that I'm out of hockey and, uh, you know, taking a dive into some other things, you know, maybe something in sales, you know, from what I, from what I keep understanding more and more is, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, a people person industry, right. The, you know, being able to socialize and, and, and talk with people and try and find ways to relate to them. Um, so, you know, maybe something, something in sales right from the get go. That'd be pretty. That'd be cool. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. In D, if being that you're in DC, I don't think uh, if Carl Alsner comes knocking on the door to work in their uh, department, they're going to say no, or they'll at least give you a shot. Well, you know what's funny is like I, I, I do actually. I work for a, a tech company now called Thundercat Technology, which is actually I just realized I have the sweater on. Um, the uh, and and in the meeting that we had today, the guy had said it. Said he's he checked his calendar and saw that he was meeting with Thundercat and, uh, and looked at all the in- people on the invite list and saw my name. So he thought it was a joke that someone was just messing around. Um, and then, and then I was on the call. And so he, he, he's like, I have to bring this up. Like I was not expecting this at all. And he told me a funny story about his kid getting an autograph and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it is, it is kind of funny. And that's what my buddy hired me at this company. And he said, these he, his exact words were, were, people will enjoy an email coming from your name way more than they will enjoy it coming from my name. And I'm like, yeah, apparently, I guess you're right. Yeah. I'm kind of using you as a Trojan horse at this point. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see if if it, if it works out in the long run, but it's been pretty interesting to learn so far. That's awesome. Um, Well, besides hockey, I know you still follow the caps a little bit. Um, What are some other sports like to watch and what are the teams that you support? Well, 
so I got into fantasy football. Uh, I think it was the last year that I was with Washington. So it was, I think, around 2017. And I got into it just because, like, that's the only conversations that were happening at the rink. And I was so sick of it. I'm like, these guys are talking about football and fantasy and sports betting and all this stuff. And I have no idea what they mean, what they're saying. So I'm like, I just have to, I just have to dive right into it. So I got into that um, pretty heavily. So now I, I'm, I don't watch football games as much, but I pay pretty close attention to my, <clears throat> to my players and, and the, the, the teams that I've, that I've made up. Um, so I'd say I'm, I'm fairly into football. If I had to choose a team, I'd probably choose, I'd probably choose the Seattle Seahawks. However, um, now I, I feel like I want to cheer for Buffalo just because I feel like Buffalo needs something, <laughs> you know, like I want, I want Buffalo to have some sort of win, you know, what doesn't matter if it's football or hockey, whatever. I just, it'd be nice for the city. Um, so I'd say maybe they might, you might be careful though. Then they'll, they'll, they'll burn that place down. I think if they, <laughs> they win a Super Bowl or, Heck, even if the Sabres make the, make the playoffs, which they could be this year, so we'll see. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the the city that I came from almost burnt it down when they <laughs> lost in the final. So maybe, maybe it's maybe that's what I like. I have no idea. Um, so yeah, so I'd say that. Um, uh, like you said, I love golf, so I watch a ton of golf. Um, I'd say my my favorite golfer probably. Um, I'd probably still say Jordan Spieth, just because it, it's just you never know what you're going to get, right? Like it, 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 it's just so entertaining to watch. He's like, it's like watching me off the tee, right? Like throwing my hands up every now and then. And, you know, maybe it's a good shot. Maybe it's a bad shot. You just don't know until you actually see the ball land. So I, I enjoy watching him play. Um, I'm decently into formula one. Um, I got on board when the first season of drive to survive came out, we had a, we, we did fantasy teams um in laval so i was i was into that fairly fairly regularly um it's great because the timing works out perfect a lot of times i wake up and the race is already on at 9 a.m so i'd say f1 um is in the mix there as well um and then other than that i pretty much it. i have baseball season tickets but i didn't end up going nearly as much as i was expecting to go um because it's too darn hot uh so i i didn't end up doing that, but I, I do enjoy going to baseball games. So if I were to order it, I'd say, you know, golf is number one. Um, uh, F1, I probably enjoy more. And then football right after that, even though I pay closer attention to fantasy football than anything else. That's awesome. Um, so I know that it wasn't happening when you were playing, but soon, like maybe a year after they started implementing goal songs for the guys. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask, what would yours be? I know this is, I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought of it. What would your goal, goal song have been? You know what? I haven't ever thought about it, but it is a really, really great question. Um, <clears throat> because you want something that's like a good sing along that, that everybody, everybody would love to listen to, but it would also be pretty rare that they would play the song. So, you know, it's, it's, it'd be funny if it was like, I can't remember who it was. I think, I think it was Matt Irwin. He scored actually at a game that I was at last year and it was his first goal in a while. Whatever the song was, it was perfect. Like absolutely perfect. Um, I, I don't know. Like OSHA's, OSHA's uh, Country Roads is what he plays. Yeah, is, oh, so good. It's such a good song. Um, I really, I've always been a huge uh, wagon wheel from Old Crow Medicine Show. Uh, it's, it's my One of my favorite songs actually from uh the wagon himself matt hendricks he was when they introduced us to it back in the day um so that would be up there but you know i also love my favorite song is i love a rainy night uh by eddie rabbit so you know i maybe that i have no idea it's such a hard question because because <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit on so many different levels so i'm not well, you gotta start thinking sure. about it because if you ever get invited to be the celebrity golfer at TPC, they think they do walkout songs, so you have to start. You have plenty of time to think about it. Oh wow! Okay, all right. I will. Uh, I will. You know what? I honestly, what I love too is one of the things I love most about going to baseball games is hearing what everybody's walk-up songs are. And I love when you get a little, you know, a little Spanish flair. You know, some of the <laughs> some of the songs where you can really move the hips too. So maybe it would be something like that and just throw everybody off guard. I'm not sure. 
I know that when I was playing uh, baseball and when we had the freshmen, we always gave, we chose their songs and we had like Pop Goes the Weasel, like <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, it was, it, was, it was comedy. So I get what you're saying with that stuff. I'm sure. I'm surprised they yeah. don't do that in the NHL and make the rookies do that. That'd be hilarious. That would be good. Like a, like a virgin or something like that yeah. when they came up. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, it'd be pretty funny. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm going to think about that. I'll get back to you. Okay. Awesome. Um, and on top of music, so we always ask on the pod when we have guests on, if you could create your own music festival, what would your three headlining artists or bands be? Oh, interesting. I like that. Um, well, my favorite is Eric Church. I, I love Eric Church. I think he's uh, he's a good mix of country and, and a little rock and roll. Um, so he would he'd probably be uh, he he's, he's my favorite. So I would pick him. Um, and then after that. You know, I'd love to have maybe like a, like, do they have to be living? No, no, no. Okay, perfect. Well, then in that case, I'd pick Johnny Cash. He'd also be there. Um, I've been, I was trying to teach my my son about him uh, last night, uh, playing some of the songs, but I don't think it's, it hasn't taken just yet. So we'll see. But I'd pick Eric Church, uh, Johnny Cash. And you know what? I really, I really do kind of like some of this, uh, I don't even know what you call it. If you call it EDM or what, but there's this one guy, his name's Matoma and he'll yeah, like, he's like trancy house. Yeah. And then he'll like mix like old, old school rap, like a Will Smith song mm-hmm. or a Dr. Dre or, or sorry, Biggie Smalls or whatever. He'll mix one of those into more of like a instrumental beat. And I, I, I really like that stuff. Anytime I hear one of those, it, it gets me going pretty good. So maybe a weird combo. Probably wouldn't get too many people at the festival, but we do a little Matoma, Eric Church, and Johnny Cash probably. I'm honestly surprised you didn't say Michael Bublé on that list. <laughs> I, yeah, I was well, looking up on uh, Wikipedia, and that was one of the things it said is how he wore your jersey to one of his concerts. Well, Bo- boobs be like he just be his own his own thing, right? He just he's not at a <laughs> festival. That's his. He gets his own show uh, to, to do what he does. Special. His Christmas special, yeah. Oh, he, I mean, he's a hell of an artist. He's we're both from Burnaby. We we play fantasy football together. Um, beat me last week, actually. Pissed about that. Um, drop, drop. It's funny. I'm in four leagues, and and that's the one league that I run, and it's the one I'm by far the worst in. And so I'm not paying close enough attention to that, and I'm going to end up having to do our loser punishment most likely if I keep this up. Um, so anyways, he, he, great, great musician, great singer, but this is a different kind of festival than, than what he's putting on, I guess. <laughs> what, what are we talking fantasy football punishment? Cause we got some good ones out here that we do. Our, ours is this the one we have this year is pretty standard. Um, we're going to do the, the lemonade stand wearing a costume, um, a full, uh, nine to five shift though. Like it has to be. The entire the entire thing and then the proceeds will go uh to either charity of choice or um towards next year's pot i mean we're kind of up in the air on that yeah i i think we'll probably end up donating donating them to something um but you can also buy out so you can buy out of doing the punishment for 500 bucks which which um i don't think anyone will buy out of this one but there yeah. were some other ones that were up for up for uh <laughs> choice this year that would have been a buyout 100 percent, and so we we lucked out with probably the easiest one but what what are you guys what are you guys doing for uh so um we're right we're right by asu so on the main strip where all the students go out we'll go there's like a zips it's like a buffalo wild wings so we'll have whoever comes in last i'll stay on the street corner with a honk i suck at fantasy football sign yeah we've been slowly (laughs) adding new things so this year we're gonna add a clown nose and a tutu to that (laughs) And they got to stand out there for like an hour and uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a ride every time. So the main goal is to not come in last place in that because it's pretty yeah, shitty. Absolutely. Well, a question for you. What, uh, I don't know how, uh, what, what's the rating on this podcast? Like, am I allowed to say whatever I want? Or is oh yeah. Outside? You can say okay. whatever you want. So we have, I have a buddy who theirs is so funny. It's, they call it the Dick chain. And, uh, it's a it's a huge gold chain and they've attached a like a massive dildo to it and the dildo sticks straight out from your chest and so so theirs is the loser has to wear that for the entire day and they always oh, go on a boy. trip yeah so they go somewhere wherever it is florida or charleston wherever they are and 
that person has to wear it the entire day, wherever they go. And so awesome. I, I, I wanted that so bad, something along those lines, but we're all spread out and, and we just can't get everybody together. So we yeah. had to opt for something else. But I think that's really, really funny. But also since, since you're by um, ASU, have you been to uh, one of the Coyotes games? I haven't yet. Um, my, I actually work at a bar too, and he, uh, he has season tickets with Frankie Muniz behind the bench. So I've been trying to like grease the wheels to be like, Hey, yeah, where are we going? But, uh, <laughs> I haven't got to an ASU game either. I had supposed to go two weekends ago, but uh, I had a wedding I had to go to, but oh, really? it's, it seems like I want last year I went to when they played at Oceanside, which was like basically like a beer league rink and they're mm. playing D1 hockey. So I can't even imagine what that experience is like. So I'm excited to get, get to one of those or both of those. I'll definitely go when the caps are in town. Um, I usually see every time they come out, I go, go watch the caps play. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm so curious what that, uh, what that experience is like from a fan perspective Mm -hmm. um, and a player's right. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's still fine. It's probably fun, um, but it's different, right? Like when you're not in a, when you're not in a full, a full bowl, big building, Mm -hmm. um, things just seem different on the ice, right? Even, mm-hmm. even when you are, but it's the, the seats are maybe more vertical than they are yeah. laid out. You know, MSG is like pretty, pretty splayed mm-hmm. out. So it just seems different than in, in a place that's, you know, maybe more like Montreal that goes a little bit more up and down. So I'm mm-hmm. curious just what the optics are like there as from a fan and a player perspective. So maybe I mean, you have to, the things I've know. heard is that the ice is like top tier in the NHL. So, I mean, I guess yeah. it, you're playing there that's the number one thing i would be hoping that's the good that's the best so i guess if the ice is good then i guess it doesn't really matter what the atmosphere is like well it's true and i mean i don't know how many what's five thousand fans what they said they, so. they, they five, yeah typically, maybe a 500 5, maybe yeah i think typically those smaller buildings have better ice i don't know what that is if there's less humidity in the building i, I don't yeah. really know but but yeah i mean if, if the ice is good then then who cares what the crowd's like it's still probably a good game Mm-hmm. And and on top of that too, like a lot of people are complaining about the ticket prices or whatever, and I'm, it's like a hundred bucks or seventy bucks. Like you get to pay seventy dollars and watch the top athletes from five feet away, like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin. You get to see them from a baseball throw away, rather than in the nosebleeds. Yeah, they can probably hear you too. Like yeah, oh definitely, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you can go out there and heckle if you want. I I feel like that's a pretty pretty okay price for uh, to go watch a NHL game but I mean everybody's yeah. different <laughs> but uh you'll have to get you'll have to let me know when you guys are doing your lemonade stand punishment so we can promote it and get as many people out there to help raise money or <laughs> whatever that is oh yeah it'll I'm sure everybody will be well aware of it if I have to do it then <laughs> yeah people will know otherwise uh we'll work out like I said we're spread out all over Canada and the U.S. so <clears throat> we don't know exactly where the lemonade stand will be but uh we'll come we'll to be, a town near you we co- it'll be coming to a town near you hopefully and and we'll get it out there so everyone knows <laughs> that's awesome well before i let you go um do you want to promote your podcast a little bit for all the caps fans yeah sure um so so yeah I'm, i am doing a podcast called all's caps a-l-z caps uh, i know pretty clever um it's with steven wino uh we've been doing it for Oh, just just over a year, I guess now. Um, we try and get an episode out every every week. We're fairly heavily caps focused. You know, we try and do a bit of a recap of what the you know what the team has looked like um, over the last however many games, um, and try to have a guest on. I mean, when when we can get one of the players to come on, we get them uh, a former player or somebody that I've played with maybe on a, a team that they're going to be playing soon or uh i'm one of the members of the media that follows the team a little bit more closely so you get a, you get a little bit of a, a dose of uh caps talk and then i do a segment at the end called carl stupid questions that are you know just kind of random fun questions you get to get a little sneak peek into how some people tick with with the way they answer the questions and i don't know it, it's fun i'm not I'm not 100 percent sure how how much longer we're going to do it and we've been getting great feedback but you know as as you know like if you want to put on a podcast and do a good job but it takes mm-hmm. it takes you know effort and uh, yeah. and and time right you gotta you have to think about what you're going to talk about and uh, we both have so much going on that you know it's hard sometimes to to find the extra time to do the podcast especially when after the trade deadline we try and do 
the last year at least we tried to do two episodes a week and uh oh boy you know, yeah. when I, when he at least wino watches more of the games than i do like i don't usually ever watch until until playoffs start mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to you know give a, a very informed opinion some of the times because i'm just like I, honestly i don't know i don't know what happened you know may, maybe this happened or yeah. this place is tough to play i, I don't know I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to survive so anyways it's it, it's fun because i enjoy podcasts but um you know it, it it takes more effort than i have sometimes so we're going to see if we can find a way to to uh give maximum effort for enjoyment for everybody that's that's taking part and watch and listening to it so uh you know we still have some kinks to work out that's awesome well um thanks for coming on giving your giving your time an hour of your time uh on a on a tuesday to come talk with us i appreciate it especially me as a caps fan i, I love watching you during your career and getting a chance to talk to you it's been great so uh best of luck with the podcast with the golf game and uh and fantasy football we don't want you to come in in last place <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank you. That please. Uh, yeah. Think about me most in that fantasy football. Uh, I, I don't, I do not want to lose. It's my own league. Like you can't lose your yeah. own league. So anyways, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Well, that was uh, this episode of the morning skate. Uh, we'll check it out next time. Oops.